popular locations in the country. Six Flags, Magic Mountain Amusement Park in Southern California. Get ready to be part of an awesome experience. You're about to enter the video. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Tonight's episode is one of the most iconic game shows of all time. Actually, let me think about this again. May I hit record? <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Tonight, we're talking about one of the weirdest game shows of all time, the video game. So, uh, before there was Starcade, there was the video game. This was a game show by J.M. Caruso uh, that was taking place at Magic Mountain at the time. Uh, essentially, it was an audience participation game show. So, unlike Starcade, which was kind of pulling from the San, Demo- from the San, uh, San Francisco area, this was taking from essentially people who were just vacationing in, in Los Angeles at the time. Yeah, it's... Uh, the reason it's called Jam Productions is because James Caruso with Mavis Arthur. They were a team together when they formed this uh, show. So uh, there is three uh, people to also keep in mind. There is the host, which is Greg Winfield. Uh, the narrator, which is Chris uh, Chrysa and Karen Lay, who is the services of the show's mouth. Because it's a game show. You have to do everything like a game show. Um, clearly, there was some inspiration behind the prices right when it came to this show. But because they didn't really have the glitz and glamour to give away a car, they gave away an arcade cabinet. And uh, essentially, if I'm not mistaken, I think this actually came out after Starcade. Starcade was, was 82, 83, 84, and this was 84, 85. So I'm getting my facts wrong. So weird. Anyway, so if you've never seen a video game before, and I'm sure you haven't, uh, it is an honest participation game where, kind of like The Price is Right, there's three different games. So it kind of like The Price is Right where there's a one bid and then a pricing game. Here there is a uh, head-to-head contest, which they call a video, uh, I think they call it like the video game round, a head-to-head competition. And then whoever wins this one head-to-head competition would go on to play a mini game for a chance to win some prizes. So uh, th- that's essentially what, what it came down to. So the format itself is two contestants are pulled from the audience. They play a head-to-head game. They go into a mini game. We'll get to the mini games in just a second. Uh, and then there's a third round. We'll get to that. And then a bonus round. So the head-to-head game, there's two people pulled from the audience. Uh, they play a game, which is usually score-based, but sometimes it's fastest wins or first to do or uh, whoever stays the longest wins. Uh, based on what I've read from the Wikipedia pages, and Wiki's never wrong, uh, there is the maze, bid attack, right move, game stalker, and audience favorites as the five different challenges. Three are usually given in each episode. 
In the maze, it's a 5 by 5 grid, similar to that you would see on the game show um, uh, Brain Surge. But instead of memorizing the pattern, it's all RNG. So like every good ga video game, RNG is a pain in the ass. The contestants can move in any direction on the grid, uh, and they have to basically... Um, find a green block, so 1 in 25 shot, while avoiding the one red block, which would end their round. Uh, if they correctly got a green block, then they have to figure out a way out of the maze. Uh, I found this game to be very confusing and not really video game centric, and also kind of just plays the same way as the final round, which I think would have made a much better choice, all things considered. So... When they do it, um, they get to basically walk one step forward or back, like Mikey on, on, on Nick Arcade. But if it's a red, the game's over, and you see like a weird flippy motion. And the the narrator, Chris, goes, Arr, I'm going to eat you. It sucks. Uh, then after that outcome, we cut to commercial and then we see an ad for Reese's pieces with a blue alien. No, don't need to remind myself about that. So, uh, after that, after that amazing blue alien recap, uh, we didn't go into game two. If another head to head contest with a different game, then we get to another mini game. Bit attack is, uh, is basically played for two prizes and you basically see a video game and you get asked a question about it for instance uh when you play the star trek arcade game which star trek character's voice do you hear it's not multiple choice so who cares um first questions for one prize the second questions for another prize so you can win zero one or both prizes there is no uh, consulting the audience then there's a game called The Right Move. Now, this is 84. Dragon Slayer's already out. And people decided, you know, it'd be great if we just made a mini game based on one part of Dragon Slayer. So you get to see a clip of, of the castle, and then you have to make a choice. Up, down, left, right, or sword. Uh, based on the correct choice, you either survive and, 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 and continue playing, which means you win the prize, or you die because it's Dragon Slayer, and it's basically memory match. And in which case, you die and you don't win the prize. Hilarious fun. Also, it's Dragon's Lair. You've seen it before. Uh, the Game Stalker is um, basically a two-part series where they see a video game character, usually from an arcade cabinet or from ResArt, and they're told, like, hey, what's the name of this character? Sometimes it's 50-50. Usually it's two choices, like, is it Mario or Luigi? And then they would have to make a choice of what's the name of the video game that Luigi is in to win a second prize. So similar to uh, Bit Attack, uh, you can win up to two prizes. But you know, I'm sorry, you won't. Then you go into the final game called Audience Favorites. This one is personally my favorite, but also you can win up to two prizes. You're sh they're shown three games on a fake Wheel of Fortune uh, rotation board, and then they have to choose. They ask an audience to pick the favorite and second favorite games based on the poll results of the audience. What do you think is the favorite in first place and second place? 
when it came to those video games. If you find the first place, you win this prize. If you find the second, you get the other prize. You can win zero, one, or both prizes, just like the other shows. That's it. That's the mini games. There's no need to do a 110-part series exploring every pricing game from The Price is Right when it comes to this show. Anyway, uh, now it's time to continue with my favorite part, uh, the Rezoff. The Rezoff is basically the maze game, but this time the model shows up on the screen kind of like a Laura Croft, and you can move her up, down, left, or right, or diagonally, or whatever uh, distance you move. Uh, in this game, there are a few uh, red squares. I think uh, 10 of them are red and 15 were white, so they made the game faster. Uh, to determine play order, they instead of spinning a wheel or playing a video game to determine order, they pick one of the random blocks. That are They're not even labeled, uh, but they will be behind a little rotating square like on Wheel of Fortune, either the numbers 1 through 9. So kind of like face the dealer in Let's Make a Deal. Uh, in this game, whoever had the lowest number goes first, second, and then third, whoever has the highest number goes last because whoever is last has the advantage because both contestants can get eliminated in one single go. As they stand in the middle of the grid, they can move up, down, left, right, whatever. If it's white, they stay on. If it's red, they get derezzed, which means they get a fizzle dissolve graphic, and the narrator goes, <laughs> and, then, and then whoever's the last one standing, because they need to be two eliminated, goes on to the grand prize round. Whoever is in the last one standing uh, wins a small prize and has a chance to win an even bigger prize. So, we now move on to the grand prize round. Grand prize round is very reminiscent of the game show Starcade because it's basically Starcade. Unlike Starcade, where they took the averages of all the gamers that day and came up with a total for them to beat, they decided to do something like Press Your Luck. There is 10 scores because 10 people played the game previous. They have to push a little button, and then whatever the light landed on is what the score is. And they're all randomized. It could be 100 points, 1,000 points, 600 points, whatever was those scores, and sometimes they're very weird. Uh, so then they have 30 seconds, kind of like Starcade, and this is where the closest it gets to Starcade comes up, where they get to uh, play the arcade game for 30 seconds. If they can beat the score, they win the arcade game just like Starcade, which makes it kind of fun. They even have the same mm voice when time runs out, so it's like Starcade. If they run out of time, they don't win the arcade, but they still want all the prices accumulated at that point, which could be like some uh, Atari games. Uh, it could be a video game t-shirt, and then whatever was the prize for winning the res round, which is usually like a weird singing cassette tape robot. It, it happens. Uh, that that's that's essentially what the game is. So it's the Price is Right, but for video games, played at Magic Mountain and is just sort of shitty. Now I've watched two episodes of the video game, and I I will tell you with certainty, uh, it kind of it's 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 a rough sit through. 
um, the first episode I saw was on YouTube, and it must have been a late night episode because it was a lot of tired people, a lot of production mistakes, not a lot of people were in the audience. The contestants basically didn't really want to be there, and they kind of walked off stage when they got eliminated before it. They were heckling the host. And on the other one, which is on the Caruso website, the starkade.tv, uh, it was a completely different production. The host actually knew what was going on. The narrator was still kind of annoying. The uh, hostess actually held up products and actually was like a good model. So either this was an early episode or a late episode. I can't tell which, and I'm not going to do the research. So um, the second episode, the one that's on the Circuit website, was actually pretty good as a late part of Starcade because you are dealing with an audience participation game show mixed with that of a let's just say a uh, craptacular uh, attempt at make, making something work. Uh, it's, it was really rough um, because it was clear they had this like one space at the magic mountain. I don't know if it was like an outdoor stage for a stage show or something used for like uh, a grad night, but it, it looked weird. It always looked like a weird set and no one really wanted to be there. Lots of really, really awkward shorts and a lot of kids and uh, yeah, a lot of track and field. A lot of playing of track and field when it came to this game. Uh, but they also played the Root Beer Attacker. They say they played Spy Hunter. They played uh, they played, I, I believe they played track and field. I always said track and field. Um so there was some real, like, at the time, pretty prominent games, and that's pretty impressive. Uh, but compared to Starcade, it just didn't flow correctly. Uh, I mean, Jeff Edwards is a top-tier host, and this was kind of like a push-and-shove episode. Sometimes he was a, the the, um, the Greg Winfield guy. He was a top-tier host. And other times, he just kind of sucked. And that, that's kind of all you can really say much for uh, the, the show. <laughs> so um, what I like uh, what I liked about it though was they did try and get like audience involvement. When Starcade came out in the a year prior, it was kind of done in a really low TV studio. There really wasn't an audience there, although they pretty much had maybe like a bleacher of 12 kids. And with the guy wins, everyone's happy. But and they storm the stage, and that's how you end it. When it came to um, this show, it's very awkward. They wave goodbye and then cut to lights, and maybe that's good. Uh, it is not really a good upgrade from Starcade, and it's not really uh. As far as a video game game show is concerned, it's, there's games where it's just RNG, and there's games it's all about, do you understand video games, kind of like the name the game around Starcade, but not really that uh, prevalent. I kind of think like it would have been easier if they just did like a little mini gaming tournament and just had diff different events, and, and that determines who plays the final round, if you were going to modernize it in some way. Um... I, thinking 
of the set, it was it's also low rent. Now, when it came to Starcade set, that was also low rent. It was just like here's a curtain and here's arcade cabinets and some wall of monitors. This one at least had like a light grid and had like a disco floor from like straight out of Saturday Night Fever. Uh, and then in the background, a very small uh, projection screen, uh, which I think was made for the people sitting in the bleachers so they could watch the show. But if it's anything based on the camera, which is the hard cam to this show, the audience could barely see shit if they were there. So it, it was a train wreck to begin with. A lot of reds, blacks, and greens were the style of the show. And in a little bit of white squares fl flickering everywhere and game show projection lights that you normally see on like card sharks to display a brand new car were used in the background to kind of give it a flashy vibe, I think. It didn't work. It kind of was very nauseating to see. Um, but clearly they were trying to go for something as technologically advanced. And at the time, I mean, that tech was there. So I, you can't really get angry at the show for attempting those things but it was uh, it, it's not a good set it's not a good host it's not a good announcer it's not a good model there's inconsistency with the gameplay and it's just bad to say the least it's just a uh it it, it was a real letdown to watch that show um but what i do appreciate with name that game was the fact that they actually tried something with, with like trying to expand on the Starcade format. Instead of just having it be a time on an arcade, then have the other guy try and beat the score, they play at the same time. So that at least that's two games being played at once, so you can see the action. And keep in mind, at a time when esports really wasn't a thing, it's still very innovative in terms of airing video games as a game show. But in comparison, it, this is like when Second Chance becomes Press Your Luck. This is like a severe downgrade. Like if Press Your Luck became, I don't know, like a, I would say Whammy, but at least Whammy has like production value. So it'd be kind of like rolling a dice and then trying to call the number. Just, Just not a pleasant show however there was a main takeaway from the show and this is kind of where game shows i suppose usually gets its 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 main bread and butter uh for me as a, as a fan of video games it, it was a nice time capsule at the time of arcade gaming what we kind of saw was the progression of video games from the arcade to the home console as atari games were played uh, it looked like Atari computer, more specifically, was played, which is not the Atari 2600, which I was expecting. It was kind of the computer market. Um, so so it feels like that was a good product placement for Atari, and it kind of showed in its gameplay because it shows, like, we can give away an arcade cabinet, but also the computer. It actually kind of made me question, like, why couldn't they give the Atari computers away as the grand prize instead of the arcade cabinet? Uh, the good thing about the final round, which I forgot to bring up, is that they do have a choice of eight. So unlike Starcade, where it was the two remaining games in play, on this show, it was whatever you want. We have eight cabinets. You pick the one. You want to pick Donkey Kong? You got it. You want to pick Spy Hunter? Sure. 
Miss Pac-Man, you got it. And they just wheel out the cabinet because I think that is why the third act of fourth act works. So in the third act, uh, we decide, okay, we picked our winner. Okay, so now you pick, so now we know that you won. So we're going to go with game three, which is you pick the Spy Hunter game. So here's the Spy Hunter cabinet on display. And here's the scores from the Spy Hunter game that we play with 10 random people. That works. And I kind of enjoy that. And I kind of wonder, like, how they achieve those scores, how they get the audience, and how did they do such innovation in that regard? I mean, that that is, to me, what makes uh, the, the show kind of magical, because it shows there was improvement. We're now going into the home game market, and there is some sort of cool prizes. The prizes on this were pretty good. They gave away Game & Watch, Nintendo Game & Watch. It only would be a few more years before the Nintendo home entertainment system w- would show up. So it it's like, what? Wow. Time flies when it comes to video games. Um, and it, it also kind of showed, like, they had Qbert watches. They had uh, they had telescope. I don't know why telescope. But, but it was something about the games being played and the prizes that still felt very gamer-centric. And to me, that was kind of what makes this very innovative. Um, so now I can kind of just fall out here. It's a time capsule because it was the mid-'80s. A lot of rich kids, it was Magic Mountain. They either played roller coasters, they, they want to go on the video game game show. It's one or the other. Um, but... When I'm I'm looking at this, they did try to get older adults to play, but it was mostly teens. Uh, Star Kid kind of was funny because you sometimes saw kids against adults, and sometimes adults against adults or kids against kids. Um, here it was kind of just here's a, like a ten year old against a seventeen year old. Who's gonna win? I don't know. But uh, what made it work, uh, I think, was. They didn't play in the same game, and the only time they actually compete against each other, and the only chance you could see an adult versus an adult was in the third round, the res round, because it's all, once again, just random luck. Anyway, uh, now I can just uh, say say the, the closing thought for this show, because... Do I recommend you watch it? I recommend you watch the Starcade.tv episode, the one that Caruso has put up, because that is a really good episode. If you just love really bad game shows and want to heckle and, and riff, you would find the one on YouTube, because it is a total fucking shit show. It it made me go, what the fuck? They actually aired this. Um, But if you really want to know like what the base model is, the gold standard for episodes, I think the one that Caruso put up is, is pretty wonderful. But... um. Well, the set is bad. The host is wishy-washy. Same, the announcing is just terrible. And the model is sometimes good, sometimes bad. This has it had potential to be a really good show. I think they needed to do some more game testing. They needed to try and maybe add more games to the list. Uh, or, I mean, maybe they were trying to do like a name the game round and make it play like Hangman or something. I don't know. Um... Like, maybe make the final round, call a letter. If it's there, you're alive. If you're not, you're you're derezzed. First to solve the puzzle or the last one standing wins. Maybe that would have been the better uh, challenge. 
but uh it it just it just didn't fit in my mind it just felt uh rough it felt like a rough project it didn't feel like a real on production but um the main takeaway i'm coming from this is because uh, where my mind is at the moment is looking through all these video games and game shows i i i know it's going to be the obvious one i'm looking at video game television in general uh of course, I, I'm not going to just repeat the thoughts I've said in multiple episodes. Uh, things like G4 and X-Play and Electric Playground, uh, Game Pro TV, Video Power. There's a lot of video game television shows, and every one of them is like a little time capsule. Uh, one of the important parts about like a lot of preservation of technology and television is these time capsules of time periods. And I think the video game is really should be one of those things that should have been preserved, but not really, because it's only one year after Starcade, so there really wasn't that much worth it, because the show kind of sucked, admittedly. But seeing the video games that were current at the time, and the push for home consoles, uh, was a definite, like, less than a year push for technology. And I thought that should have been the big... Uh, the big umbrella, the big, uh, the big elephant in the room that wasn't discussed is that this is the part where we're seeing the push and shove between home arcade, uh, the home uh, gaming systems and arcades. Because anyone who is ever a historian in the world of video games would know that there was at one point a big backlash with arcades and home consoles. Because for home consoles, it's still a family television and it's still seen as like well you're really going to play video games there's lots of television we have cable now you sure you want to just do video games computers on the other hand were still seen as a novelty i mean mostly business people still used it but hey we know this is good for schoolwork. this is just an educational device so this is just it's kind of like when your parents get you a cell phone for the first time and it's usually these days a smartphone because we want to keep up today. We want to keep you safe. If you have any problems, just call us, text us, something. Uh, and, and now it's kind of just that you use it to play Raid Shadow Legends. That, that's kind of what has become of computers. It's no different. Just the, It's just the technology has changed slightly. Your parents go, you need this because of school or in emergencies. And you're using it for video games because that's obvious. Everyone should be using it for video games. I, I no shame in that game. Um, but it's, it, it's one of those cases of, uh, the, 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 the time capsule of just less than a year. You're about to see the start of arcade gap cabinets versus home consoles. I think the Atari's, uh, backlash just hit with ET, so now we're about to see something uh, really important in the world of video games. And that is kind of my kind of draw for this is the time capsule of video game television. Because this is mid-80s. And about a few years later, you're going to get video power. You're going to get 90s, Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario. Then you're going to get in like mid-peer of the 90s, you're going to get Electric Playground with Victor Lucas which is kind of like, hey, here's PlayStation. Then you're going to get, in a few years after that, you're going to get the start of GameSpot Television, which is airing on ZD Television because it's Ziff Davis Magazines. 
which leads to X-Play, because that was Games TV becomes Extended Play, becomes X-Play. As X-Play's on ZDTV, early 2000s is the launch of G4, I think 2003. So you're going to see G4 television and their video game things. And then they re-aired like Starcade, which was 83, so 20 years prior to that. So if you think about it, 2021... 20 years prior is 2001, 20, so, so what I'm proposing here is that 2023, we air Starcade again, because 2023, 20 years prior, led to 19, uh, led to, uh, 2003, which was G4's launch, when they aired Starcade, which was taking me back to 83, which was their prime song, so, so you see there's 20 year gaps, and that, that's what I'm really want to blow your mind at, um, <laughs> But yes, um, the the cycle of video game television and editorial, and then you know we, we can go straight into like well then G four Tech TV merged and then G four Tech TV became G four again, and then X Play kind of t- became the video game show and Attack of the Show then showed up and replaced screensavers and it became pop culture and chaos and skits and sketches and now it's coming back, uh, probably by the time this episode airs so uh, summer. Summer 2021, G4 is coming back. G4TV.com. Uh, catch me at the Discord. Discord.gg slash G4TV. Um, <laughs> I'm probably going to annoy somebody there and get fired or banned or something. Um, anyway. Uh, so, so all things considered, then the world of esports, for instance, and video game tournaments. Like 80s video game tournaments was just like arcade invitationals who can get the most points in the video game on one quarter. And then they have a little tally board and whoever got the most points that day won the championship. And then of course it became like fighting game tournaments and mortal Kombat and NBA jam. That was the early nineties. And then because of uh, land parties and, uh, and the rise of the internet and you saw quake tournaments, you saw the world cyber games emerge and the start of esports. And then you ended up with like now this really huge billion dollar like industry in addition to the billion dollar now possibly a trillion dollar gaming industry. Uh, That is what makes uh, this such an exciting experience because watching game shows about video games, it's the kind of the precursor to the modern esports world we live in. If it wasn't for let's broadcast people playing games, like maybe Games Master in the UK or Video and Arcade Top 10, there would never have been a let's try and do esports. Let's try and air Rocket League. Let's try and air Overwatch. Let's try and air League of Legends. Because, uh, man, people take League of Legends seriously, and I still don't know what to do in that game. I still don't know how Valorant works. And I've been watching that on Twitch lately. Uh, <laughs> but I'm digressing. Video game, it's not the best game show. Plus, the title sucks. The video game. It's its kind of like the dating game or the newlywed game. This is the video game. Because you can't call it Starcade because games are the stars. Maybe some reason uh, Ted Turner found out and WCW is pissed. Or... Maybe it's a, it's some sort of like, well, we couldn't come up with a name for a video game arcade show. 
So this is what we came up with. I know if it was called Derezzed, that would be a really cool name for the 80s and would have a very cyberpunk vibe if it was remade in the 2020s. Welcome to Derezzed. Because the, cause then cause it has that, that prefacist of the ED, which predates all of the MTV garbage you saw, like Next and, and the Trashed and Undressed. It's right before that, so it could have been innovative. They just called the show Derezzed. Um, oh, well. They called it the video game. Uh, they they did try to put effort to this show. Obviously, they kind of tried to game theory mine, but it, it kind of backfired. I think if it was me and I wanted to reboot the show, I would... Uh, it's tough. I would probably make it 1v1 game still, uh, with modern games, so you know you would have your your Street Fighter fives, you would have your uh, your Rocket Leagues, so some sort of games where it's clearly one v one. So so a fighting game, a sports game, or uh, a, a like a racing game, like a Mario Kart. Uh, and then you wouldn't do the maze game a second time. You would want to save the maze game for last and have a really cool CGI screen at this point. Um. And you would try and update the game. So, so like, the you would probably have, like, a game trailer. What's the name of this game based on the game trailer? You would have box art, but remove the name. What's the name of this game based on the box art? Something like that would be mini games for this all-new, brand-new video game. Uh, and, of course, you would still win prizes. There's still You can still win Apple AirBuds or a tablet or a phone you can always try and win a gaming chair there's uh, headphones keyboards logitech uh i don't know you can win a an hp omen computer you can win yourself uh what what's that the the elgato stream software that's like a like what 100 200 so it's right in the base level for a prize um so you can get like a steam credit if you win the winner gets fifty dollars at steam epic game store fucking uh, v bucks i don't give a shit something um but it's but then you would have it be about modern gaming because then you can kind of see it uh but i would not do audience participation i would kind of prepare to have the contestants uh, in advance so that way uh, it's fair and equal and you have six contestants to cast instead of just random draw of who's agreed to want to be a contestant on the show um, and then when it comes to the maze round that bec- the derezzed final round and determine the RNG bullshit you, you just remake the rules so it's kind of like the maze game you, you go uh, you can move in any direction on the board uh, if you, but you can only move up, down, left, or right, or a diagonal space. Uh, if you are, if you block yourself off, the game is over. If you uh, find a red X, your game is over. If you find the green, the game is over because you have won. You found the treasure. Something like that is all that's needed, just to f- speed up the RNG a bit. Uh, you don't have to do ten reds. You can simplify it, make it five reds, so that way there's more drama. But you still have that one green, which can f- fix the game faster because it's a one in twenty-five shot. So you already have four percent chance. Blah 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 blah. Um, 
And then you have the final round B. Uh, probably you would have to refix that because how do you, you know there's not really scoring games anymore. You would have to do some sort of like um, challenge based on time, which was which would basically be my Starcade pitch from a long time ago, where it's time trial based. Uh, and it would be like beat world one, one in 60 seconds or something in Mario brothers, or, um, maybe something like a target practice game or a tutorial stage or just something where it requires like completing this small challenge in quite a small period of time, um, to win the grand prize of an arcade one up cabinet, because those are cheap and inexpensive and that can save your budget. Um, yeah, that'd be kind of where my head would be leaning when it comes to an attempted reboot. Should this be rebooted, though? Not as much as Starcade. Not as much as Nickelodeon Arcade. <laughs> Maybe even Video Power trumps this. This is like, uh, so far of all the video game game shows, just slightly above WCG Ultimate Gamer. But uh, not not below everything else. Everything else is way better than this. Uh but the in conclusion here is that history uh, could show innovation, and sometimes through the mess of a bad game show, such as the video arcade, you can appreciate the technology and the production that goes into it. Yes, some episodes flopped, but to be a time capsule of what was cool and hip at the time in video games of the modern era, it was really ahead of its time. And sometimes that's kind of the biggest issue within the gaming industry is all of the innovations, all of the technologies are kind of there. If you are a fan of video games, you're always like three steps ahead of everyone else. If you are a big fan of internet, you already can almost see where everyone's going to be in three, four, five years um, based on just the idea of video games. So uh, in conclusion, you should probably... Check out a video game sometime and check out the way presentation is on video games these days. Not just like esports broadcasting, but just like let's plays, just like modern trailers for games, the IGNs, the G4s of the world. Because then you'll get a better understanding of what is ahead in two, three, four years. Sometimes the innovations of Twitter hashtags, that was G4. That showed up before every like show wanted you to join the conversation. The watch YouTube videos viral moments of the day predates Tosh.0. The guy gets angry at a video game because it's too hard. That was X-Play. All the innovations have already been there. You just have to watch. And in the case of esports, it's already been there in the form of game shows. So keep an eye out on video games because you never know what lies ahead. But if you can see how it's presented you might get a good idea that's going to do it for us tonight hope you have a great night thank you so much for tuning in until next time big smooch be good and stay solid what's for the video game we may be coming to your hometown this is christopher creaser speaking the video game is a jm production